Hello and a welcome back to The Dive presented by Honda Season 5, Episode 10, and we have finished the spring split. Our first uh, lock-in tournament, our first, uh, you know, condensed spring split as well. And honestly, I think it went pretty well. I think it was I'm a disaster. <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. It's uh, I, I enjoyed it. I definitely think it makes um, you know, whatever you want to call this section of the year. I don't know if it's if it's still considered spring More split fun, or yeah. the spring I mean, section spring, or yeah. whatever. Um, makes it go by a lot faster, right? Because it feels like two distinct things happening in the same period that one did, uh, which which I really enjoyed. Because I, I do think that there can sometimes be you know in a nine week split. This feeling of like, okay, it's like it's slowing down a little bit in the middle or, or, you know, towards the end and then it speeds up right before playoffs. I didn't really feel that this this split at all because it was only six weeks. It's like it just felt like it was progressing so quickly having that third game played each week, which I actually really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I mean, when week three hit and it's like, all right, we've, we're halfway through the season. I was like, what the... Yeah, because usually, usually that's like, oh, I'm beginning to really get a feeling for these teams. And then you have you know another two weeks basically before you get to that part, and then here it's like, oh, okay, uh, I guess we're starting to talk MVP after three weeks. Here we go. <laughs> it felt it felt really good to me, honestly. I mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed the lock in tournament. The only single bad thing um, that I that I didn't like is that some people were using only spring split stats. Uh, and I wanted to include lock in tournament plus spring because it's all you know it's all spring. Uh, it does introduce some stats difficulties with there being some players with more games because lock in yeah, tournament it, it is not even. Um, but I I wanted to use all data, and so you know there would be there would be times I actually felt uh, kind of bad for Cadrill because uh, they one of his questions was you know most solo kills in in spring, and then mm. uh, one of his answers was Alfarian perks were his were his two answers. And guess what? If you include lock in tournament, that's right, Alfari is number one. Um, but they in the in the actual stats that they use was only spring, so they didn't have the lock in ones. And they're like, ah, nope, you only get get credit for the perks answer uh, because uh, you know. Uh, obviously it's, switching up those kind of that, that's a small gripe because it's like if if you include it i mean you can do you can do like game average stats right but like total total kills and stuff like that doesn't really yeah. feel fair because it's it's you know cloud nine had what 17 games i think played yeah, in exactly. lock-in. it's like just insane right they've played so many more games uh than a team who got knocked out right off the bat so uh you just have like to the, turn those stats into per game stats so like solo kills per mm-hmm. game yeah. Um, you know, for Alfari, uh, I think still would be still would be number I'm, one. I'm on the other side. I, I was one of the people arguing not to include them because I think it's just a totally different environment. You're, you're in like this group system where not everyone's playing everyone. So if you were in the 100 Thieves TL group, you could argue it was tougher or something. You know, like I, I thought it was just too different. Plus, everyone was with their weaker, like their non-starting rosters in a lot of ways. Uh, there were a number of teams that couldn't do that. So... Yeah, I, I was on the CLG was like that for a long time in spring. <laughs> I, I was in the crumple them up. That was a cool, fun time, and just <laughs> send them over there. Those stats it, it, are dead to me. It was also just looked at differently, right? Like this, this is a, a tournament where people were trying hard, but it's also not affecting your your world's qualification and stuff, right? So I do think that some teams were going to be more willing to try some different things, a little bit more lock in and whatnot, and play a little bit more well, loose. I mean, even if you do per game stats, Fudge played ten games against Alfari in some day. 
You know, yep. it's like that's not a fair <laughs> 10 games true. to use as his stats. Yeah. <laughs> he would be at the bottom of the table forever if we included those stats. So, like, yeah, I yeah. think yeah. a, a fresh nice. slate was, was pretty needed for some, some people. Yeah. There's probably a middle ground because you, want, you always want more data. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, you know, doing the thing where you chop off part of your brain, like, oh, yeah, crumple it up. That was that was great. That never happened type of thing. Um, you know, definitely, definitely part of the story. But uh, another thing to review with the spring split ending is going to be our spring split power rankings. Because when we made them, we we're like, all right, this is going to be end of spring split. And then first week of lock-in tournament, everybody's immediately using those power rankings to be like, hey, does it, does it match up? What gives? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thankfully for them, it also doesn't match up at the end. So, <laughs> <laughs> What so, gives? Yeah, so what gives? Uh, well, the important thing is, Kobe and I both did brilliantly and Mark did the worst. So, yes, yes, you know, yes. that that's really the important takeaway here. Uh, is that Mark did worse than Kobe and I who tied. And, uh, and if yep. there's anything you're left with, that's it. So yeah. <laughs> Mark did one point worse. <laughs> we, we summed up all the like the number of spots off we were. So if one team you put second actually ended up getting third, that was a spot off. And so if you put yep. a team eighth or ninth, like Dignitas, and they got fifth, mm-hmm. that's four or five <laughs> points. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, Dignitas Dick, Dick, and CLG were probably more than half of our of our total like spots off, uh, right, so. com- combined. Because Dig, Dig was yeah like four or five spots off for for like everyone, and CLG was like three or four spots off for everyone, pretty much. Because people yeah, were so thinking, you, hey, CLG might be like fifth or something. Yeah, you guys had fourteen total wrong, and I had fifteen total wrong, and. Yep. I think it's one of those things where it's easy to lie to yourself. Like, well, divide by 10, each team was like only one off almost, you know, 1.4 spots off. But then it's like, okay, well, you had a bunch of zeros in there too from, you know, teams like C9 and Golden Golden Guardians. Guardians. Um, Yeah, it was, uh, it was, I think, a a pretty tough one, all things considered, with all the the developmental rosters and stuff. Yeah, the the other thing I would say, I mean, really it's, it's Dig and CLG were a big surprise. And then the top of the standings, was so close that it's like, you know, I was I was two off on TL who I thought would finish first. They were one game behind, right? But then they they were tied for second, and they had the losing head head against TSM, so then they're third, right? So you're two points off there. Um, so things like that, I think, make a pretty big difference. Uh, you know, hundred thieves dig, eg, etc. It's only a couple games between the top of the standings. So uh, the the big ones that we definitely missed were were dig and CLG. And honestly, for- if I went back. Like I, I wouldn't have really changed my Dignitas prediction. Like I think they overperformed so so much, and that's what made it so exciting is that these guys were just straight up way better than I thought they were, and that's the one that you know we missed on the most. Yeah, for me, I would not say that uh, CLG was also a big surprise with Dignitas. I feel like that's disingenuous to Dignitas. I think that was <laughs> Dig is the big surprise of the of the spring split. CLG, when we were making these, and I was I was talking about my ranking for them because it was a whole one point higher than than your guys' ranking. Mm-hmm. I I remember being like, all right, but yo. They have had these visa issues in the past with like Broxa, so I don't. I actually don't know how long it's going to take for him to get over here. And lo and behold, it takes even longer, you know, into the spring split than a lot of people thought. And while they did have, they did have more surprising, um, you know, they failures. Some self-imposed in, in, in issues the, too. Yeah, yeah I they was did have some say, self-imposed issues. Like not playing uh, Pobelter. That felt like the biggest difference to me. And they're like, well, we didn't have our roster for months. It's like, well, you chose not to play him. 
yeah, uh, definitely true. The the benching there uh, going a long way. But I, back to my point, um, it the errors were the surprising part of it. The way in, in which they're losing, which was, oh, they've got all these veterans um, and they're making just these boneheaded, actual just cr- crazy uh, you know, mid-game shot calls where like Dragon is literally coming up in 30 seconds for Dragon's soul and they're wasting you know, a bunch of cooldowns and people dying on top side of the map. Um, that that type of stuff, uh, I think, was the surprising part. But uh, Dignitas was, you know, the real hero, screwing up uh, most of the power rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I had EG6 because I was pretty sure one of the, like, developmental teams would actually hit. And my bet was on FlyQuest, which is where I, I think my 15 mm-hmm. came from instead of your guys' 14, was I, I put my faith in FlyQuest and they let me down, whereas Dig actually was the fifth place spot that I had given to to fly quest and i put eg6 mm-hmm. which was yeah, right. my power rankings at the top were like slightly different than your guys you guys were aligned one through four and mine was a little bit different right so i think i was a little bit closer on some a little bit further off on others like i thought tl would finish first because i was thinking hey you know fudge is a bit more unproven maybe it'll take them more time to get together with that you know i think i had tsm a little bit higher than you guys as well um so it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how playoffs go but Power rankings always pretty fun. Uh, Dignitas was, you know, the biggest kind of bright surprise for me. That that really was a lot of fun to watch them. And I guess I would say, you know, if we are talking about differing expectations, Flyquest didn't finish that much below. I think where I maybe originally had them ranked. Um, you know, we Kobe. Oh no, actually, Mark had them highest at fifth. So that would have been a bit a bit off for your Flyquest one. Um, but Flyquest was a disappointment to me. I would say, you know, even even if it wasn't in like massively off where I had them ranked because I think I had them ranked, you know, sixth. So they were off by like what they finished two, seventh, eighth. They finished eighth. Uh, finished so yeah, so they were off two. by two. So it wasn't like enormous, uh, but that was one of the, the bigger misses, I guess, in my power rankings. And and I, I was just surprised that they didn't really get it together more. I guess I was kind of thinking that um, they would have had things looking a little bit better out of the gate as far as the development rosters. I think, you know, for those rosters, that was the one that people were betting on, right? That was the one where people were like, okay, well, if it's going to be like, Golden Guardians, Immortals, Dignitas, FlyQuest. Well, FlyQuest is the one that's going to be like, caught out the gate, right? You know, they've got Licorice and Jose Diodo. That's going to work. Um, but it didn't really come together, I think, as quickly as, as as I expected. And I know they are still kind of experimenting, right? They, they brought in Dreams now and, instead of Diamond. I think he looked okay. Um, so it'll be interesting to see see how they kind of like grow in towards summer. And I'm, I'm also just interested in general to see you know, if any of these teams make roster swaps, right? Like, does Golden Guardians, you know, swap things up and maybe give, um, you know, some of the more green players some time to develop an academy, right? Like, are we going to see Niles in the LCS in summer, or is he going to get some academy time to try to work on some skills before he tries to make his way back up? Like, that's something I'm kind of interested to see as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hanser is currently playing in academy, uh, and it seems like that guy's pretty good, doing pretty yeah. well with <laughs> with his top lane play. Um, yeah, I think th- I think what's interesting about these is not really you know uh, you know the small adjustments of how how far off, but but why and some of yeah. the individuals. I think Jose Jose has really uh, over many games displayed really good mechanics, uh, good pathing. So I think that there are pieces, and and you start to think about like you're saying what things are going to change for these teams. Um, that were a little bit below expectations uh, and what pieces they're going to keep. 
Powell Fox, I think, made a, a late resurgence. I was pretty worried for him in the beginning of the split uh, with some of some of the performance, but started uh, you know making some really big plays towards the, the end. Baron Silas so game, the the twisted fate, the twisted fate one for sure. Uh, that that's what you put uh, you put on your resume. Uh, a little clip right there, just to show uh, to show your clutch late game plays. Um, that being said. Dignitas is one of our, uh, you know, playoff teams, uh, unlike uh, some of the other underperformers that we were discussing. Do you have any of these members make it all the way up to our Honda MVP section? Uh, because I feel like most of the conversation is around Alfari versus Blabber uh, versus Sword Art, uh, probably for the uh, for the top three contenders. Really, Sword Art? Interesting. I, I was your TSM I, person. Would you uh, say POE over him? Because I, I don't think uh, I think that's even difficult with the other mid laners on TSM. Uh, it's tough. Or, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why yeah. you're like, hmm. Well, because I, I feel like really? TSM kind of like more won and lost as a team, right? Like it was it was less like about like one shining individual. It was more about like, ooh, uh, you know, some bad decisions as a team or or everyone not playing that well or something like it's it's hard because like i feel like huni was actually really good for them in, in the later weeks but if you look back to the earlier weeks you know i'd have to kind of like there's zero it. chance you put him over alfari exactly right like. and yeah. and then but but i feel the same way for sword art sword art sword art i don't think you know could be considered above uh like vulcan like for example i think vulcan had a much better split um you know there's there's like guys like core jj that you could even consider or afro maybe like like i'd really i really would have to dig in and, and kind of try to convince myself of that because I felt like in the earlier weeks, Sword Art was not doing that much, right? Like he was fine. People gave him a lot of credit for that one Maokai support game early on, but largely everyone was roasting Sword Art for being a waste of $6 million, right? Like that was Certainly mostly was. what the Sword Art discussion was about. So to me, I don't think I could have him in there as an MVP candidate. Um, so no TSM member? I mean, may maybe PoE. Like I haven't, I haven't really... Uh, spend a huge amount of time thinking about exactly what my ballot is going to be and like i'll, I'll dig into the stats when I, when I do that but i think poe has been the most consistent for tsm but i don't think tsm will, will win mvp this split and that's not a knock on the team that's not to say i don't think that you could be the best team i just think that they more won and lost as a squad this time and there was less one shining star who like was rising above the rest to carry them to the promised land, right? Like that was the Bjergsen of old where it's like, ah, TSM scraped their way into playoffs because Bjergsen 1v9, 10 games in a row. It didn't have to be that, right? Which in, in some ways I think is really a good thing for TSM is that you're less dependent on, on one individual to just 1v9 the games, right? I think that they had some really good uh, games from a lot of different people, but it wasn't one person just dominating every time. I think... Uh for mvp a lot of time you have to have some level of like you're saying dominance over the rest of your position in a lot of ways yeah um even if it's not the entire position like maybe there's someone who can test you at the top but like you need to kind of crush some most of the other people in, in your in your pool and to that point like i think there were a number of players that played really well on tsm but like not such a huge gap between them and, and the other people um and i think this was an interesting split because most teams had a stumble TL and TSM stumbled right out of the gate. Um, and while Alfari is, is probably the best candidate on TL, like he had some some meh games at the beginning after crushing lock-in. Blasted by revenge. Had yeah, a couple they're, bad they're, cannon games. Yeah, he had a couple bad games. Uh, Sword Art, as we already said, had a couple bad games. And during that time, Blabber is hard smurfing and just clearly the best jungler in the league for the first 
four weeks and then week five hits and C9 has their one and two and, you know, Blabber has a little bit worse of, of the last two weeks. And so, you know, you start having to balance, uh, you know, because it is a split long award. Like you do have to take those sword art games into consideration, though I do think you could argue he's maybe been the most impactful support through the last like two and a half weeks. Here's uh, the thing for both of you guys. You have to have three votes for MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and it's given that Blabber and Alfari are top two. Uh, who is who is your your third, uh, you know, person on the on the docket? You got to have you got to have three. And it's, I will. I mean, I just haven't it might decided be, yet. I'll be honest. It might be FBI for me. I think he's been amazing mm. this whole split. I, think I like his, that actually. His his laning is absolutely disgusting. They 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 basically hard stomp every lane in the league. Um, when I was talking about the dominance, like FBI has that dominance over the rest of the, the AD carry position, and he doesn't become like a trash can in the late game. Um, I still think he's a, a really 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 good team fighter too. Like so, you have early game dominance, great team fighting. There, like uh, all those other people that I just talked about, there have been moments where I'm like, what the hell are you doing, FBI? Like some of the plays yeah. in the middle of the season where they're not reacting to a TP behind them and him and Cord- uh, who he are just dying or like some of their failed dives and stuff like that. I think you can look at and, and you know, maybe, maybe you know, it's not so clear. But right now I would actually probably lean towards FBI and then maybe POE, but I'd really like to Azale's point. I haven't done like the deep dive into yeah rewatching a lot, games a lot of stats like for ads and stuff are also pretty janky because of the like fasting Senna games. So you cut you kind of like seems to pull them out. They'll do it for okay. you. So yeah, you ha- you have to look at it separately, right? Because if you just look at like um you know Oracle's Elixir or whatever, if you if you look by by like leaning phase, um you know Zven has has an insane CSD, right? Like Zven's CSD is almost twelve at ten. Which is just like what the hell? Um, so, I mean, you know, FBI he, was like negative twenty because he played four or five fasting Senna games yeah. for the first three weeks. Yeah, exactly. So. We have had plenty of uh, we have had solo laners with that type of CSD though. So like it, uh, it like yeah. that that is within the realm of possibility. The Senna games definitely, uh, you know, screw it up for for everybody. Yeah, Alfari is up there. He's eleven point four CSD at ten, and that's like exactly. just real CSD. That's what I'm saying. So like you're like, oh, that's crazy. Well. <laughs> Let me sell you on a solo later. Yeah. What's really funny is then the supports that have the mega CSDs because they're, I was <laughs> they're looking, farming, there's a support yeah. that has over 10. Who, who, who he is like almost From 20 Tom at Kench. 10 because he keeps playing farming Tom Kench games. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, for, for me, Alfari's in there for sure. Um, and, and, I, and I'm not 100% on anyone else. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that Alfari will be in, in my one of my MVP votes. And I'm not even sure that Blabber will be yet because I, I feel like, mm. yes, Alfari did have some stumbles, but he felt like so clearly the best, uh, you know, and everyone feels like he's the best. I think Blabber is probably in there too, but, um, you know, I, I want to really kind of do my due diligence on it because it, do, it does feel tough now because I do think his last two weeks, and it's like two weeks, that's not long. Well, it's a third of the season. Six his games. last two weeks weren't actually very good. Like he, he really wasn't. And I mean, some of those games were really bad. Like, the, the game against TSM, the Lily game, where he's up three levels and just does nothing the entire game. Uh, this Hecarim game this last weekend where he's just like, doesn't do anything the entire game. The only thing I remember from that whole game was just charging in 1v5 with no one around him at the mid lane turret and dying. Like these, these are the most memorable plays I have from Blabber over the last couple of weeks. So I, I don't know. I, I think... It, you, you've got to really take take it all into consideration, and because the split moves so fast, it's a little bit um, a little bit harder because it's just so condensed, right? So many weeks, so many games happen in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, uh, so for for jungle, it would be between Blabber and Santorin. Uh, the AD carry, I, th- 
one. I think, um, you know, maybe maybe Sven, maybe Neo could contest FBI. Uh, Tactical is definitely not, not, been not in there with the with the Malphite ults. Tactical's not even off. in my top five, top six ADs this split. I think he's near the he's... bottom, to be honest. I put Turtle yeah, out a better split. He's... Yeah, uh, it's definitely uh, definitely going to be more of a conversation than for the first part of spring split, though, where it was just yeah. three hits on blabber every single S week. Supports so. could be in there, too, right? Like, like should Afro be in there? Maybe Afro had, I think, a hell of a split. Right. And, yeah. and if you if you're really talking to like, you know, some, some of the people I've been talking to, you know, have, have given so much credit to him, um, you know, from the Dig and Toss side of as far as like what he's been able to do for the team and shot calling and and yeah. the, the effect that they think they've had on the team. So, you know, if you're looking at just purely individual performance, maybe not, but like, damn, it seems like uh, Dignitas, you know, deserves at least some consideration given that they perform so far above expectation. And some of these players played really, really well. I, I, I think it's really hard. I think it's pretty unclear. I mean, if, if I had to bet, I'd say Alfari wins just because he feels like the most like untainted. And even though Lockin <laughs> isn't part of the award, people are still going to have Lockin in their head. It's just like, God damn, you're good. Like, holy crap, you are actually so yeah. good, right? And he is always smashing lanes. You know, yes, he did have a couple kind of cocky blind pick cannon games that got punished, but, like, he is so impactful every single game. He can play all the styles. If I had to bet, yeah. he wins MVP, but it, it does it does feel tough to vote this year. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the easy one. Uh, mid lane feels pretty hard, too. Uh, let's get on into the playoffs, though, because these MVP candidates have something in common. They will be playing in the playoffs. First up, TSM versus Team Liquid. Let's start with the banger. They're not both bangers. They're not all bangers. I think one of I these like is more is more close than the other one. Even though Hundred Thieves uh, did have a bit of resurgence here, and mm -hmm. they do feel committed to Ryoma and and a bit more clear on their game plan. Um, I think the Cloud Nine Hundred Thieves one it is a would be a bigger upset if they win than this one between Team TSM and Team Liquid. What's your? Uh, I, I guess we can do a, a first a quick, uh, you know, overall look on on uh, you know both matchups. Which one do you think is going to be closer? No, I mean I agree with you. I just think they're both fun. You yeah, know, I I think uh, the TSM TL one is the closer, especially with TSM having a two zero record over. Great TL. format, right? We start out with two amazing, <laughs> amazing uh, best of series. Yeah, this yeah, is, this is mean, like scary that your first matchup is this tough. You know, it's cool though. I mean, because you have because you have the the lower bracket, right? It's like those teams are waiting down there. We don't have to go through you know the the weaker matchup first. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think. You know, you're, the reason it seems like two such great matchups is because it's like in old format, this could have been the semifinals, right? You, you've kind of like jumped forward uh, and gotten to see some really incredible matchups right out the gate. Um, you know, we, we can talk about TSM TL first. Uh, I do think it is really exciting. You know, TSM does have the 2-0 the over TL, uh, which also makes it interesting because, you know, TL... It's almost like this kind of like rock, paper, scissors circle, right? Where like TL had been beating C9 and, you know, C9 had been beating TSM and TSM had been beating TL and stuff. Um, so it, it is it is kind of interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the teams are actually going to bring to the table. Uh, TL has been bringing out some pretty different stuff this last week or, or, or so. You know, we got to see the, the Vagar. We got to see the Ari. Um, you know, I'm interested 
if they are just kind of like trying some stuff in the last week or if they're like, oh, Azir is actually asked now with the, the changes and we need to fit some more picks in here and we need to find what that is. Like, I wasn't quite sure what those picks were if they are, are thinking, hey, this is the meta now or if they're thinking, hey, we need to just experiment and figure out what's good for playoffs and get some stage games in um, because that I think, you know, could really change some stuff, right? Like there were some very differing reads. Like obviously Azir did drop down a fair bit um, as far as like priority, but some teams were still down to pick it. POE played it, had a great game, right? You know, POE had, a, I think, a really good weekend in general, um, you know, and, and we saw some other players take it, uh, but then some teams were just completely ignoring it now. As far as like win rates go, like this destroyed his win rate, right? Like the, the numbers are pretty significant. Freak was telling me that the early so push... Like yeah, yeah. The early push is something like you do like 17% less damage to the wave. So, you know, it kind of makes sense that if it, if it was a tight matchup before that now you would be getting pushed in and that could be problematic. But um, I'm not sure if, it, if it's really going to, to continue changing or teams are going to have really different looks. But I think your read on the meta becomes so important going into playoffs because it didn't feel like everyone had the same read on it. Yeah, I would say PoE didn't have any wave control problems no, uh, in 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 his matchups with champions so his confidence and and continuing to pick it i think was rewarded i think you know azir's one of those champs like rise and like the others who can have trash solo queue win rates and doesn't really reflect on competitive significantly um because definitely in... weaker though <laughs> pretty extreme weaker. though this went down like four or five percent which is a huge nerf and it was like yeah. below 40. When They've I, done when that I to Rise at. before, though. Like, there's a period of time where Rise was permaban, must like first pick, first like you know, ban and, and competitive. And mm -hmm. He had a forty something percent win rate as well, like forty two or something insanely low. And Azir is like, okay, well, I'm going to scale. Like, how many team comps in solo queue were like, yep, we're going to play a little bit less proactive in the early game. You know, like these kinds of things just doesn't doesn't track to solo queue. Um, so I'm not surprised it dropped. But I will say, interesting thought is Poe the biggest mismatch for TSM in this series? Is this the biggest advantage they have on a, on a lane? Single lane, single, single lane position, advantage. yeah. Um, honestly, with how bad Tactical has That's been playing, I, um, I, I'm actually most worried for Team Liquid about their AD carry position. That, and that's not even a lane phase thing. They're, it's just a, like a crazy amount of of times that he just Random gets picked deaths. off yeah. in the mid game. You know, in like week four, I think we started to see it where first one was like a Sindra stun. He's walking through, and then the same game, there's another one, and then we're we're seeing it still. Uh, you know, most recently this last weekend, um, with a couple of the Tristana ones, and it's. Even this is Zaya one of those game, scenarios where I and Zaya, and he's walking through these random ass spots and just dying. Yeah, this is one of those scenarios where I was thinking last night, like, I'm going to message Jat and try and get some information out of him because you want every shred of info you could possibly get in these scenarios. They had a little thing where a couple weeks ago they were talking about him being burnt out and the team is helping him him with that. But there's no, like, further insights, um, you know, to scrims or, you know, to internal communication or what is going on there. But I'm just so sad because I was so hyped last year. I was like, Hell yeah, NA rookie talent performing so well, carrying at Worlds doing well. This guy is, he, he's minted. He's ready to just be the next next thing here for LCS. You know, double if retired, it's okay. We've got more where that came from, you know. And then uh, this split I, um, has, has yeah, it's, it's brought me crashing back down to earth, I guess. Harshing your mellow, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been really, really sad. And at the flip side, Loss has had an upward trajectory over the course of the split. Like, exactly. Him and Sword Art were getting hard flamed, um, you know, putting Cody Sun, all these kinds of calls um, through about the first two and a half weeks. And there were a couple games, I think in week two, where if you were looking closely, Loss team fighting was actually pretty good while the rest of TSM was still struggling to get on the same page. Um, but then once they kind of found their play style, uh, he's been a lot better. I still don't think I would put him in, in top three when we were kind of going over them earlier, you know, like I don't think Lost makes it in there, but I don't think he's bad by any means. And uh, he's, he's been a pretty reliable uh, carry at the very least. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you say Cody Sun because it's kind of reminding me of Cody Sun, right? Where he's kind of, you know, <laughs> he's, he's hanging around and he's, he's doing some stuff in lane. Sword Art really. runs a lot, you know, yeah, he kind of hangs know, out. Exactly. Like he's more the become the late game insurance, which I think uh, is pretty good for the team. Um, you know, I think PoE is playing really well lately. Like he's been having some some really really strong performances. Uh, Huni seems to have kind of found his stride. I'm I'm really interested in, in what you know the performance from Tactical is going to be um, because I do think that could dictate the series a lot. Like he has just had so many random deaths, so many terrible team fight situations where he's just like solo losing fights in in situations where his team is so far ahead or he's just getting like hard carried across the line like his Tristana game <laughs> um this this last weekend where it was just like I don't even know it was just bizarre uh yeah, like, you mean, no kill the genius baron call where yeah, he, the genius uh, he gets baron caught call. the team 4v5s it and he's yeah. right back there hitting it first person <laughs> on the objective yeah he just dies gets caught walks straight back starts shooting the bear and they take it um yeah, th those are tough, but you know, I, I think that TL definitely have an advantage in top lane. I think Huni has been playing a lot better, but Alfari has been such a monster. Uh, and, and I'm most interested in, in how the teams want to play this out. You know, is it going to be TL um, playing towards Alfari? Like, is that the read for playoffs? All right, Tactical's not having having a great time. We're going to go on counter picks for top side. We're going to play heavily around that. You know, try to try to punish Huni. You know, try to snowball a game through top. I just don't really know what we're going to get from these teams. So that, that's why I think it's so interesting. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm favoring TSM a bit just because I think Tactical has been playing pretty poorly and had another really bad weekend, which kind of like reaffirmed that to me. Um, but I, I just have no idea what to expect here. Here's what I expect. I expect TSM uh, to have the better late game, Team Liquid to have the better early game, and this to be the the pivot point for the entire for the entire series because... Um, TSM's late game, I would say, would has been significantly better than Team Liquid. A lot of these games that Team Liquid, and even in the middle of the split, uh, have dropped, have been due to to some of those errors, and and we've been calling them out. Uh, you know, both this team and and a couple of the other ones. Um, whereas TSM, majority of their struggles are are in this early game. So if like you're saying, um, it it's probably going to be Alfari putting a lot of pressure out. Um, Santorin has done very good to vary his jungle routes, so it's not always to Santorin. Though, in the, the previous game we had this weekend, it was literally full clear gank top for Sant uh, for Alfari. Full clear again, Someday gank top was again. The full clear again. <laughs> fight the Rift Herald fight up there, 5 on 5 and smash it. I was like, okay, well, that was easy. <laughs> it's just like, start here, go full, full clear, go back to base. It's just a, uh, a pretty insane route, honestly, uh, from him. Genius. Uh, but <laughs> I really do think this is, this is what's cool about this matchup to me, and why I'm so hyped for it because I love when we have, you know, such different different strengths and different styles going at each other. Poe has been so good for TSM, um, and I've been talking about this since week two when when they finally you know kind of recovered 
uh, you know, from their for their really poor early start. But um, when when Huni decided to to start playing more conservatively, and then Poe would teleport to protect his teammates, um, mm. he he has done this since week two so incredibly well. And it has turned into so many of these plays. You remember the first one, that Azir one to the bottom where he sweeps yeah. four people and he gets his quadra kill and you're like, well, that's game. Um, it has been TSM looking for, I, I feel like, these counter plays, these defense plays early on. Um, and, and they have not gotten early leads, but they have been able to counter a lot of, of these early game plays more recently. And that is leading to a lot more consistent success. But Team Liquid have had the, the best early game in, in the LCS. And that is why it's a it's a cool test to see which I mean, one's going to prevail. The countering thing goes even later into the game too, because I forget which week it was. It might have been four or five, and I don't know if the statistics changed since then. But there's a period of time where TSM actually had the best Baron rate in the league um, in terms of like amount of times they got Baron in a game, or how many times as well versus the amount of times that the enemy team got Baron against them. In uh, a large part, of that was because they stole Barons left and right. Like there was a period of time where they had pulled off a Baron steal nearly every single week. Um, and it was usually Spica and, and their setups were usually pretty good. Like some team would go like, you know, down through the river while the other person would hug the tri brush and then go over the wall. You know, like they had good setups and it was clean, but it was like, I don't know how, how that's going to work come playoffs. And so I think that's one of the ways that they picked up a lot of wins. This split was, was punishing a lot of teams, not clean Barons. They, they do need to make sure that they actually are getting leads in a series. I, I don't think you can, realistically it does happen sometimes but usually the team that consistently is winning early game ends up winning a, a series and a best of five yeah. um so it is one of those things where tsm's countering is really strong um but it, and they not... usually pick more scaling than their opponent so it's not surprising that they fall behind uh but there is like a limit to how how far they're going to be able to go against tl if tl's playing cleanly that that's how I feel too. But then, does it not shake your faith just watching how Tactical has played some of these games, man? Like e even just looking at the TSM TL games, you know the the initial game that you were talking about, Kobe, the Tristana game where uh, you know Tactical was getting picked off in mid lane and, and you know multiple that times was transition TSM. was it was against yeah exactly it was against TSM and TL built this comp with Seraphine mid and it's all about their Tristana and everyone play around their Tristana and then Tristana just kept dying in fights you know like getting picked off in mid lane getting picked off walking places where he shouldn't walk and then they had that fight top lane where he just walked into a galio channeling taunt in vision just stepped into the taunt got taunted and died and you know th those are the things that are, are really really concerning for me because i do feel like you know it's almost like you go back to the mvp discussion and you look at tl and you look at the individual pieces and i'm like oh these are the, all these individual pieces uh, for the most part seem better right like i'd rather have core jj than sword art I'd probably rather have Jensen than PoE. I think PoE maybe was played better this split, but like overall for the last couple of years, I think most people would rate Jensen higher. You know, Santorin over Spica, most people would take. Alfari over Huni, most people would take. You know, like AD is debatable this year for sure because Tacticals had a bad split. But like TSM as a whole has looked cleaner in the late game. And I feel like the game is so bot centric that if Tactical is making mistakes, then like you just can just lose a whole series off that. Like for sure. It only takes like one death, one bad fight from your from your AD in the late game. And AD carries aside in most of the late game fights. Yeah. I, I mean mid lane still feels really relevant uh, yeah. for me, but I, I do think Jensen's been pretty poor compared to his own level this split. Like I don't think he's making egregious like turbo winting mistakes the way you kind of notice tactical killing himself. But I also think he's been really unimpactful compared to his his usual performance. And that's why I, when we started this conversation, I asked is mid the biggest gap actually in in for TSM. 
because even that Ari game, you know, like everyone focuses on like, oh my god, Tactical's killing himself all over the place. Jensen got lane swapped on, so like you can kind of ignore the, the first 10 minutes of it being like a weird matchup maybe, but then he was totally ineffective in the mid-game. He died at the start of a number of skirmishes, and it wasn't until like the last two fights the Ari finally did something. Um, yeah. And yeah. he's been struggling all split long with, with having a, a contribution, I think, in, in games. Uh, he's that's not a, been terrible, but not great either. That's what I was going to say for, uh, for, the, for the mid lane one. I, I would probably take both TSM carries over the, the Team Liquid counterparts, uh, POE and, and Lost, which, uh, which is why uh, you know, this one is, is so close <laughs> and tough. such a banger because Team Liquid, they yeah. have had, like, in a best of five, um, like, you know, best of five can be so different than these best of one snapshots that we're getting throughout the weeks. And they do stick in your mind with really big, you know, big blunders and, and big plays. Yep. But they have also had, Team Liquid have also had those those wins, right? And you, you their game versus Cloud9. And you talk about, you know, the, the rock, paper, scissors of TSM, Team Liquid, Cloud9. Yep. Um, the, but if you look at the Cloud9 Team Liquid games, then you're just like, oh my God, you know, they're they're back. This is this is what you expect mm -hmm. from them. Yeah, it, it is interesting, right? Like, and um, and to, to back up what you're saying about Jensen for this split, you know, I agree. I think PoE has been better this split just, you know, over the last couple of years, I think maybe Jensen you would take. Um, but I was pretty surprised to see because Jensen actually has statistically like a good laning face, right? Like he's one of the highest CSDs, but he's basically getting nothing done with that, right? As far as like actual DPM, this is something that Jensen is, is traditionally known for is having really high damage output. He plays control mages and he makes it worth a lot of later kills. in the game. Right, like he's actually down near the bottom of the of the table as far as DPM. He's only above Palafox and Demonte. Right, like he's he's sitting pretty much at the bottom of the table. Demonte is not even in in the league right now, so he's he's ninth out of ten players as far as mid lane for for actual damage output. And again, that's not everything, of course. Right, like it, you have to look at the whole picture. Um, but but I agree, like he's not getting done. Uh, you know what he has in the past. He's not as dominant as he has been in the past. Uh, of course, I do think that he could pick it up, but it's it's a really exciting matchup. Like, it really is. And the Ari game didn't really bother me because I was kind of just thinking, like, you're not really going to play this in playoffs, are you? Like, uh, <laughs> I, I looked at that as, as a throwaway. Not now. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could be wrong, right? Like, um, but, you know, I I, I feel like uh, Ari's so inconsistent. And, and at the pro level, that's always been the, the kind of criticism of this champion is that it's like, yeah, if you hit every single thing on a carry, they die. But people are playing on no ping and really good at reacting to it. And you know, at the pro level, it's always it's always been really really inconsistent compared to a lot of these other champions um, that are super popular. I think Vagar is really good. Um, so you know, draft is going to be interesting. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling TSM a little bit here, which uh, I'm I'm surprised to hear myself saying. But I just think if you're going to be playing these these long games and and it's you're thinking it's a close series. All it takes is is a couple bad fights, and 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 you could throw a series away, and and maybe Tactical has a great series, and and TL slams, but he hasn't shown it all spring split. It's been inconsistent. Certainly uh, has uh, the Vagar predictions. Here we go. Is, a, is an interesting call out, um, because then that would be if if Team Liquid pick um, pick the Vagar, and, and they have you know Jensen back on uh, you know one of his. Is super old mains, uh, then then you do give up a decent amount of mid priority, and yep. it's gonna be interesting as far as 
these two mid laners with their champion pools, it seems like it our mid lane champion matchups on first glance wouldn't have a lot of you know spicy picks or anything. You you could go this series and and uh, and just not even blink and be like, yep, it was Syndra, Oriana, Azir, uh, Victor uh, every single game. Um, but but if we I I kind of want to do you know see some of the spicy ones. Team Liquid literally their their uh, you know team account tweeted out that thing. If you get enough, if we get what was it five thousand retweets or some something Annie like that, something. then he would play he would play Annie on the, in the LCS, and he never did that. So he's still got to deliver, right? Uh, let's get some more spicy picks in mid lane. Game five of playoffs. That's the perfect time to deliver on bets. By Wait the way, the finals. Wait for the finals. That's when. That's how you oh, okay, get okay, pay off on uh, on okay, retweets okay. if they make it there. Okay. Uh, jungle will also be kind of interesting. I feel like there's going to be such a high priority on, on Hecarim and some of these in, engaged style comps. So, um, but for the most part, it feels like jungle has just become either you ban out all three of the kind of like OPs in Udyr, Olaf, Hecarim. Or you leave to open and you trade, right? And it feels like that's what draft has kind of become. Um, I don't know if you think there's any other picks that should really be sneaking in there, Kobe, uh, to change things up. But like, it feels like that's the most consistent right now. And then if you want AP, you go Lilia or Nidalee. Beyond that, it doesn't really feel like we're, we're seeing too much uh, too much innovation or anything. Yeah, I I feel like because you you really can't fake your way into the clear speed club. Like you, lit if you can't if you can't keep up with with the clear speed squad, then tough luck. <laughs> you, you suck. You're like you're you're not as good. You're gonna have to like make a lot of stuff happen and really have value. Um, and the only you know, like if we're looking at the hundred thieves cloud nine one, I'd be like, okay, you know that that one I could see some more mix up in the jungle pool. Uh, but especially for this TSM team liquid one, um, I would say. Nidalee is a player-specific champion for sure. This is one of the most, you know, player-dividing champions because some players just cannot, uh, you know, utilize it well. I would say that Spica can certainly utilize it well and, and probably has a bit, I would put, a higher Nidalee weight than Santorin. Uh, I wouldn't exclude Santorin from the Nidalee club by any means, uh, but I do think it's a bit more, you know, priority for his side. So, like, there's He's a in the club. slight He's more there, heavy. but yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> Santorin is a big proponent of all of the the clear speed club. Those top four you're talking about. So uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't th expect there to be super you know, crazy variation there either. All right. Top lane probably has the most variety in our in our pick ban. Uh, top and bottom lane for this matchup. Yeah, Can we see the the good old Lucian top pulled out now. This playoffs. <laughs> that, that would <laughs> run that back a couple that'd, times. That'd be really funny. Um, top lane, predictions? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm or down are we for top lanes? I'm down for predictions. Uh, I don't think there's that much more to say about top lane. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think it's just a question of if Hooney's going to be playing weak side or if they actually want to try to go carry versus carry and, and really go at Alfari. Mm -hmm. I think that'll that'll be pretty interesting to see. But for me, like I said, I'm just losing my faith in in my boy tactical. So uh, as a result of that, I think TSM has, has a stronger late game, and I think that. You know these these small mistakes in playoffs cost you series, and we've seen that so many times throughout the LCS history. Is that it's it's often the player who makes the big mistake, and it feels like Tackle's been making a lot of those throughout the spring split. If he has a great split, or rather a great series, I think TL could slam. But I, I don't I haven't seen it. Haven't seen him string together the wins. So if he, uh, if he has TSM three two, yeah. If he has a great series, I think that they de they definitely do slam. Yep. Um, 
man, it's so hard because those things you're like, that's got to be easy to fix, right? <laughs> that's got to be one <laughs> of the things. Stop killing that yourself. In review, in review, you're like, coach brings up the VOD and you're like, ah, we don't, uh, don't even have to show. I know, I know. <laughs> you know, we, we all, we already but know. But it's weeks? I know. That's why I'm just like, yeah. what the heck? It's actually so difficult. Um, I am going to put my prediction on TSM now, but I have not messaged Jat yet, and it'll depend if I flop. <laughs> For broadcast, on our, if our he can convince Jack. me, if Jack can convince me that that I'll, that I'm swapping, Jack is I'm not. You're it. not gonna message Jack, and he's gonna be like, "Yeah, Kobe, my team's ass. Definitely don't predict." It's <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. There's no too. way. There's if no flops, way. If he if Kobe flip flops now, then we know that TL is doomed. Because yeah. the coach was like, Kobe, get, get your prediction off my team. Well, he already said he's going TSM. So no, no, it's I'm st- yeah, oh, it's Mark, the other I'm way. I'm starting TSM. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh. going to message so if Jack. He doesn't he can still flop me. If he yeah. doesn't the, the, flip-flop, then TL is for sure doomed because Jack right, couldn't The point him. still stands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Either, either I, and I feel like, so I uh, obviously have known and worked with Jack since literally the very beginning of LCS um, when, when, we, when it founded. Um, I... I can tell, okay. He even though Isaiah was like, "Yeah, he's not gonna say oh, our team is ass." I'm pretty sure I'll be able to tell from from the language he uses. So uh, we'll, we'll see about that. What you got, Mark? Uh, I'll be the contrarian. I think TL will win. Um, okay, I may or may not join you. Very serious course. <laughs> I may or may Cowards. not leave either. Too, you don't know. I'll see what's. Oh, I'm, I'm come slamming out. a three two. Uh, both uh, because I do think it is close, and because yeah. that's the most exciting. Yeah, I think for me, I think TL should, in theory, win. But I think when you look at what's happened over the course of the season, TSM could very understandably be the favorite. I think in terms of the mistakes by tactical, the ability of TSM to scale and like get barons and these kinds of things, I always feel like are a little bit harder to rely on in in best of fives. But if if I could easily see going the other way, and like I said, I I could easily flip flop too. I want to see what comes out of these teams. Give me your like score mark. You know, You're not saying a number. The yeah. interviews. TL three two. It's going to be three two. Oh, it's all no three two. Okay. Yeah. So that, no that guarantees that it's not a five game series. Is what what I've learned now. You know, it's going to be a three zero slam. Yeah. It's going to be a three zero slam one way or the other. We're all going to look like idiots. Oh, it's for a five game for sure. Bam, three zero. Like, Done in it's like two we're hours. Going, we're, we're going back to to review. Uh, you know, going into this matchup, and we're like, all right, pull up the vod of Team Liquid. Ooh, this is their game versus Cloud Nine. Hell yeah, Team Liquid three <laughs> zero. I'm pretty sure they're gonna win. All right, now let's pull up an, like Ooh, a like zero three. Ooh, that, yeah, that's, it's yeah. All right, well, I'm I'm really excited for this. I'm genuinely super excited for both the series. Let's get into the other one: C9 versus Hundred Thieves. I agree. It does feel a, a lot more one-sided. This one, I think, you know, if, if you were looking back to the start of the season, um, a lot of people were considering, hey, 100 Thieves could be a championship contender. I think they're still selling that, but I don't think anyone's buying anymore. Um, you know, I, I do think that a lot of, of faith has kind of been lost in 100 Thieves. I guess it depends how, how much you're, you're kind of bought in on the development of Ryoma and some of the games that they've shown recently. Um, but but it does it does feel more one-sided. I would say the thing I am definitely buying from 100 Thieves is bottom lane. Mm-hmm. That is sold. I will pre-order another version, a volume two of uh, FBI. Who yeah. G- give me that. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting collector's edition. I- I'm down with the, you know, 100 Thieves bottom lane. Get some bottom lane focus. Design some comps around that mm-hmm. sucker. Uh, let's go. The problem is that 
these dives towards bottom lane are going to be very telegraphed because guess what? Everybody knows that, uh, you know, this is the, the best product, uh, you know, that, that they're, that they're selling right now is, is a lot of that bottom lane carry. I do think at, at least for the, you know, to touch on the Ryoma, uh, you know, switch, he, he's done quite well for himself. Um, yep. you know, I have liked the, the versatility, uh, his damage output has been mm. significantly higher. Uh, of course, that's due to the difference in styles that, you know, and Tomate spending so much time roaming, uh, you know, to, to lanes and stuff like that. So, um, as far as that goes, I don't think they, they get as many demerits for, for that as like people were just so pissed, yeah. uh, initially with the change because, you know, um, I, I also think if they had, had DeMonte going into this, I don't think my, you know, prediction would, would change too much. Um, unless it depends like, on their current unless... form, of course. Right. If it was lock, if it was lock in or, or early split hundred thieves with DeMonte, I think my yeah, predi- my like, prediction my view would change, but that's more if they were of coming a, off... the whole team is playing better thing, right? It's not just a one player thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm trying to get. If they're coming off there, like, oh, we're still undefeated on Twisted Fate five zero. Demonte, uh, you know, he got benched before he lost on this champion, uh, and like the it is a, it is a lot of the team playing better, um, you know, but him creating a lot of action for them, and it feels like they have lost some of that direction. Yep. Um, maybe in this last weekend, get it getting some of it back though. I think even if it was 100 Thieves lock-in form going against current form C9, C9 would still be the favorite though, right? Because they have improved since lock-in when they already beat 100 Thieves in a best of five. Have Cloud9 improved think, since lock-in? I think so. I, 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 think, I think so. I think mm-hmm. so, yeah. I mean, they, they've stumbled a little bit since As their a, mid-season form, but compared to their lock-in form, they look a lot better. They're way more coordinated. Yeah. Yeah, Fudge, Fudge I think, looks a lot better as well, right? To, I to think be Perks looks him. better. I think... Um, yeah, perks, perks definitely look better. I agree. Uh, you know, what, what, the one thing I will I will say is uh, is you know with the Ryoma thing, I didn't bring him up to be like, hey, let's stunk on Ryoma, but um, but it's more like it feels like one of these things ain't like the others when you look at the four teams in 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 the upper bracket right now, right? I just believe that if we're talking about championship contender, right? Like it just feels tough to see hundred thieves. Um, you know, winning, winning with, uh, with that mid laner compared to, you know, PoE, Jensen, uh, Perks, you know, the top levels that we've seen from these guys is just so far above, I think, what we've seen from, uh, from Rima. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that is a, a pretty significant disadvantage. And, and I think that, you know, that's one of the reasons that I, that I have, have Cloud9 pretty heavily favored is Perks has been so insane in playoffs throughout his career. It's like been such a consistent thing for him. I think he has gotten better uh, throughout, you know, lock-in and spring split, and I think he's playing very well overall now. So, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see what playoff Perks is going to look like in NA because in EU, it was no joke. I mean, this man won eight LEC titles, you know, for a reason. He, he's won more than any player ever in, in Europe, and, you know, it was so good when it counted. He was always one of the most clutch players for them, whether it was at MSI or Worlds or in EU. Uh, and, and I'm really interested to see, you know, how, how he is going to play because he's someone who, if he thinks he has that advantage, is willing to play really aggressively, right? And it, I guess it was actually against the Monte, that LeBlanc game that people were kind of referencing and where, you know, he had reportedly said that like, oh, well, like LeBlanc might not have been a good pick, but it was a good pick against the Monte kind of thing. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see what he brings out against Rioma. If, if he feels like really confident against him, is he going to be bringing out, you know, Relias and LeBlancs and aggressive picks and just trying to slam this guy? I, it's interesting because I was going to bring it up. Uh, some of the 
the G2 happy plays, I've seen perks pull out here on Cloud9, okay? Um, and, and yes, you know, I do. I have a ton of faith. As soon as he came over, I was like, yep, you know, this guy is a consummate, uh, you know, competitor. He, he is, he's, he's got the drive. He's got the back. Like, his, his resume is as outstanding as you can possibly have. Um, still, though, I feel like if you have some G2 happy plays without the rest of G2 around, is it really happy? Uh, there's like the one that sticks out in my mind is his Azir sweep in. I think they were playing Team Liquid. <laughs> he he just like, right went by himself. Yeah, he goes yeah. right in. Jensen to the right, then he turns to the left. He's like, all of Team Liquid are here. <laughs> I will die. Like my job here is done. Flourish. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, some some of those things uh, combined with if we start to connect the dots with our uh, you know. Um, tinfoil hats here the blabber play 1v3 mm -hmm. uh hecram charging in nobody else around a sale though you start to connect the dots yeah. on some of these these uh, you know plays <laughs> that are going on uh that's that's what would give me a little bit of pause i think i think you're maybe more one-sided on cloud nine i i'm also on the cloud nine side uh but i i probably have like a bigger percentage i guess for uh 400 thieves um yeah. with with some of the things that i have seen in in their recovery i was more worried for them two weeks ago than i am now um and uh you know talking to talking to zix a decent amount as well uh for this team it does like when they put ryle in they only had three days of practice with him with that team and obviously you know the more time uh you know with him they're actually solidifying some of what they want to go for more, more focus as a team how they want to play out some of these games um so I do think there is a is a bigger chance maybe than it being super lopsided, but I would I'm still you know putting my money on Cloud9. I'm I'm surprised. I don't think. I mean, obviously mid lane is a, a big talking point for Hundred Thieves. This split and perks is a big talking point for C9. This split, but I think it's actually not the biggest factor when you look at Hundred Thieves struggles in ways that I think C9 are going to beat them because. They've only beaten one playoff bound team this split, uh, or this second half of the split for 100 Thieves. They've only beaten Dignitas. They've lost to every other playoff team. And a lot of their losses to the playoff teams, they just look so horribly uncoordinated. Yeah. And it's still true. Even that, like, they beat FlyQuest, they beat Immortals, and they beat uh, Golden Guardians for like a little three, three game win streak in the last two weeks. But then against TL, that bot invade dive attempt on Tactical after bot lane slammed them level one. And, like, you know, it was just. It was okay. They pushed him off to her, fine, whatever. But then they're like contesting Gromp and dying there after Santorin has already killed top and got back bottom, and they're dying there. And it's like, what are you guys doing? And same with like the the gank top when there was the alt on the Lilia after someday already recalled. There was the the Skarner pull on the Mundo. There's like all these plays as a team that is just so uncoordinated uh, that I feel that like they're Lilia gonna get. One. Yeah, I feel like they're going to get slammed in playoffs against a team that's actually coordinated and playing well. And it's it's not a individual player problem in my eyes in any way. I think it's just that they don't they have really struggled as a team to outperform other teams in team situations. Whereas they'll win lanes. <laughs> like someday we'll will often win lane. I mean, he got slammed by Alfari. Fair enough. And far as like we said, and candidate to be honest. Yeah, right? like that was a lot about ganking too. Yeah, but like to that point, like I I think that the the problems that hundred thieves are going to have are like I think that they have a better bot lane and a better top lane in individual skill, but like I don't think that they're they're going to win those laning phases because Blabber has destroyed Hundred Thieves the two times that they played each other. 
Um, I was going to say, um, when I was preaching about the I'm buying 100 Thieves is selling in the bottom lane, you know, for sure. Yeah. I It's it's more so the other way with Cloud9 Jungle. Like, and we even have, it's so funny, actually, that 100 Thieves, uh, you know, content, uh, it, it really delivered where they're, you know, filming closer after their game with Cloud9. And he's just <laughs> running around, everybody freaking out. Blabber is so good. What do we do? Like, and, and he's really playing it up. And it is, yeah. you know, he's joking and it's, and it's yeah. funny and stuff. And it's it's mostly, uh, you know, you know for, for content. But I got to feel like as a, if you're a jungler in the LCS, you're making these jokes. A lot of jokes stem from from truth, right? You know, they don't just come out of nowhere. And you got a little blabber. Blabber in has, here. yeah, blabber has Rivery. destroyed closer. Uh, as as much as you know, earlier in the show when we we're talking, you guys were talking about uh, you know possible demerits for blabber on MVP votes. As much as there have been a couple of plays in the last uh, you know couple of weekends, I still heavily weight c9 jungle as the biggest advantage for them in this matchup over 100 thieves and guess what that type of advantage can be played to any lane that they decide to carry with um mm -hmm. even even to top one i i don't expect that to be you know very frequent for this best of five but um you know with with fudge playing better that that could be another look for them as well no. That was the only other thing I was going to throw in there was like they already lost in lock-in when 100 Thieves was playing well. They, they won a number of those first two games and almost the third game off really good proactive plays. Those have been absent for 100 Thieves. And C9's top lane, what they had been exploiting, is much better now. And I yeah. just don't see the avenues that they're going to use to, to win. It's, it's 100 tough. Thieves still should have won that series, I feel like. They oh should have. Oh, my God. You're, just, you're bringing me back, Mark. Oh, my God. Go, go ahead and say all that. It's, it's tough, though, because it's like you know we, we're talking through and we're like, yeah. Cloud9, much better since lock-in. Okay, yep. 100 Thieves, <laughs> much worse since lock-in. Okay, yep. Cloud9, 2 0s them in the regular season. And Cloud9 still beat them in lock-in. Like, maybe they shouldn't have, you know, to what you're saying. It's close series, obviously. But it, it feels like if you have opposite trajectories and one team already beat you before, uh, the, the the best of... <laughs> it's hard to starts, argue. It starts full, to get pretty... Circle, uh, curly Q. Yeah, uh, the best of five starts to get pretty one-sided as far as predictions go. Um, you know, I agree. I think Blabber has been uh, pretty dominant. Um, I mean, I think there's no way he's going to get the Olaf. Like, that was the the last game they played against them when they beat him down in 24 minutes or whatever and just ran over the game on Olaf. That was like the once every couple weeks someone forgot to ban Olaf against Blabber game and then he gets it and uh, he just runs over everybody. It's kind of been like that last year and this year. He's just not allowed to play that champion or he's going to 1v9 the game. Um, so uh, I, th I think it, it, it'll be interesting. You know, my, my biggest concern has been that yeah, like I agree with, I think, kind of what you were saying earlier, Mark, where just 100 Thieves just seems very mistake-prone. They're not feeling coordinated. They don't have a clear identity anymore. That They've kind of like lost this like early aggressive dive team uh, thing. So it, it just hasn't felt like for the last like three weeks, it doesn't feel like 100 Thieves knows what 100 Thieves is, right? And I don't think that you can depend on someday to just destroy a series. I think that in Lock-In, you know, he top-gapped uh, Fudge like every game and it didn't result in a series win. And I think that that has been like one thing that I've kind of had as a knock against someday for, for a long while is that, um, and I, maybe it's unfair slightly, but it hasn't ever, I haven't ever really been able to shake it where it's like, yes, he's amazing individually. He has these great laning phases, but I often feel like his dominant performances do not result in wins. And 
And it's that's a feeling that I've had with someday for a few years where it's like he can have these crazy monster performances where he's like 8-0 on Renekton or something. He's crushing the game, but they lose. And and yes, that is a team thing too, right? Like, of course, if his teammates were playing better around him in that game, that would be a win. Um, but it's it's rare to think of these games from someday where I'm just like, wow, you like really 1v9 that one. Like, it, it feels like he has these great performances, but... Uh, they don't always result in wins, and th- and that's that's something that I think is tough. Where otherwise, you know, if it was like Alfari or something, you might be saying like, hey, like maybe that's just your game plan. You just play purely through Alfari, and he'll just like carry carry you to victory. I have some some someday one v nines. Just I guess just so heavily stuck in my mind. So specifically with Renekton, even mm-hmm. too, uh, there was one this split with the where he has uh he's super fed Renekton. Uh, he he's the strongest one on the team, and he teleports in behind a retreating, whatever team they were playing, um, to to trap them. They were they were at their inhibitor turret, knocking on the door, and like he he teleports in. They get this big flank, and oh, I think and, I remember that game. Team. He's had some yeah, amazing yeah. games for sure. Like he he's an amazing top laner. I'm not trying to say that he's not. It just doesn't feel like, for some reason, and maybe you guys disagree. I just don't see someday as like a series win condition. And I feel like I never have in NA uh, where I, like he, he just hasn't ever been that for me. I, I actually uh, kind of agree with you. I think I forget which split it was, but I, I had ranked once uh, in my power rankings again, I had ranked someday pretty low. And I remember it was, it was a contentious point, but it was basically this, that like uh, he plays well on individual level, but you, you, I still have not seen him coordinated around consistently over the course of a split as a win condition. Yeah. Um, despite how good he is. And, you know, like, even this split, when he was dominating with pressure on the top side, none of the ganks really worked out for him. I mean, lock and tournament obviously was an exception. Lock and tournament, he was incredible. But then during the regular split, split they, they kind of abandoned trying to find kills for him because it just wasn't working. Their ganks are still, to this day, uncoordinated around him. And that has been true with almost every jungler he's played with, except for Meteos. I, I, I think Meteos worked well with him. Mm-hmm. But, like... There, there's been on his Dignitas days when he was with, you know, like that team. It was like Alltech and I can't remember who else was on there. But like it was it was another thing where like, yeah, he's individually great. And you kind of just leave someday on an island and he'll show up for team fights and have these yep. insane flanks and stuff. And sometimes 1v9 the game, but not because you played through him for the entire game or like, you, I don't know. You I'm don't draft you for him and that's not your that's not your win condition. You counter pick fifth pick red side and you win the game off of someday. It doesn't feel like that's that's the style. Yeah, and I can't I mean, get on board with this, but I, uh, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we can, at the end of the day, we we're, we're talking like about playstyle stuff because I think everyone knows yeah, yeah. he's a great player. It's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, how well he has fit in with teams at times. Yeah. That's fine. You guys can have your your own vote over C9 there. C9 oh. 3-0. C9 3 That's actually how I feel. I, th- I feel like it's a 3-0 too. Hmm. It could be a three-one, but I'm feeling three-zero, man. I, the more I think about it, the more I'm on C9 side. I'm just like, hundred thieves just aren't playing that well. It felt like a sinking ship for a few so- weeks, and yes, Cloud Nine did have the, the kind of blip on the radar. But when I look individually, like I'm not even buying a, a lot of the advantages. Like, yes, I think hundred thieves. You could say their bot lane has been better, but it's not like so much better that I yeah. think that they can get an advantage there to to win the game. Blabber has been way better in closer. I way rather have perks than than Ryoma. Uh, I think they're playing better as a team, and Fudge has gotten so much better than than he was in Lock In, where someday blasted him, and they still lost the series even when someday blasted him every single game. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's it's to your point. Like it's not like oh my goodness, you know. And, and I admittedly, I love this hundred thieves bottom lane, but it's not like they're going up against a punching bag here. <laughs> this is Ben yeah. and Vulcan. Uh, you know, no people choice. are talking about Vulcan as maybe CS. the best support of the split. Yeah, the, my one gripe with with Sven is that um, he has, he has had a decent amount of uh, mistakes when Vulcan leaves him. It's like every time you're like, all right, Vulcan's going to make a roam play, you're like, where's Sven? Who, who's watching Sven? <laughs> Somebody check on Sven. Is the he baby's okay? getting out of the crib. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> man, yeah. It to me also off of your your coordination points. It does feel like, uh, you know, I'm getting more worried for 100 Thieves mid-jungle. Um, and mid-jungle still is, you know, so important in a lot of these plays, especially if you're a team that is focused a lot on, you know, early tower dives and and, and roaming around like that. So, yeah, definitely a tough one. I'm still going to go, you know, I'm going at least a little better with 1-3. Edgy uh, take. And I say it as 1-3 from 100 Thieves perspective, so I'm like, woo! He's on the hundred thieves side. I, I like it. All right. Okay. Moving on here. That's our playoff preview. I'm really excited for it. Um, we have some Apple reviews. Thank you for these. Oh. Uh, this first one comes from Sleep uh, Sleep Lesson. Sleep Lesson. Yeah, I think Sleep Lesson. All right. Gives five stars. Best law podcast with great insights into the LCS Pro League would be six stars if Kobe had a cat. <laughs> might be uh, might be worth considering that, Kobe. You hear that, <laughs> Travis? Uh, he does because uh, since my power went out in just my room, I have uh, extension cables out the door, so the door is actually open. Uh, we get a cat. Six stars. There you go. All right, next one from Ruffster66. He says, I'm judging your decor. Five-star podcast, no doubt. But am I to believe that Kobe has the time to care for a real houseplant? Or is it Travis? <laughs> It's Mark real. Z has a suspicious number of books in the background. Like, not enough for someone who actually likes books. Way too staged. Where's the built-over tavern custom Zoom background? True. Just Mark kidding. Stank. Love love the content. That's actually, true. He has, like, five books. Well, no, that's that's every book that he's read. That's every book he's read in his life right there. <laughs> this is, this that's is his not lifetime a work. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I have a bookshelf in my bedroom full of books with, with uh, that. Well, Ashley this is on your like, background. We can't prove that. What, also, like, what do you want me to put here? I can, I, I can put like a couple more books on the top one. They want a better shelf, Mark. They want an actual yeah. bookshelf, like instead of your the little get like a you know, beautiful you know mahogany bookshelf. Just, have like, you seen Jake? Have you seen Spawns? You see Spawn's freaking bookshelf? Yeah. That, that that's thing a is book like, reader right there. That's that guy his, reads. That's his entire <laughs> office. Reads. I share that guy this. Reads. I got a printer over there. I got another desk set up. Like, hold on. Mark Mark uh, browses, but Spawn, kinda, Spawn reads. Now that we have this, the look smaller at all this stuff crop, I have in here. All right? I don't, you have don't get. Yeah. I, yeah. I've got way better uh, posters up there. These ones, right. Is it a real plant? Are you going to reveal here live on the dive? It is a real plant. Do you water it? It's what I was going to say. My tip on houseplants is actually less is plastic more. ones. Most mm. often, the biggest mistake people make taking care of houseplants is watering too much. And they drown. Um, and I made that mistake and I, it had a lot of brown leaves, but I brought it back to life uh, with some, some plant food and watering less. All right. That's <laughs> that was a lot on one, one review, though. <laughs> that was. All right. We got the last one here for this week. Ragtime Dandy says, I wish my parents would have played the dive when I slept as a baby instead of Mozart. Probably would have been better for my long-term development. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you guys for your reviews. If you leave some funny ones, we might find them. You might hurt them, uh, get them here on the show. <laughs> All right. Next, we got the Fantasy LCS update. 
I think. Uh, do you, you guys have any updates for me? Ooh, I, I mean, I'm dead check. and gone. I was in. I was in the bronze finals with uh, working towards my wood trophy. There's <laughs> Let a, me check. Do we want to? Do the... we want to say who won? Because I heard who won, and I don't know. If, you know, do we want to give them? Credit? No, I don't think they deserve the credit. They, maybe, maybe oh, if can tweet it out. You know, it was probably one of us. Uh, yeah, let's leave it at that and move on. <laughs> I got I got fourth place. I lost the crumbs in the third, fourth place match. I can't do I can't do him dirty. Freak one. I, I heard freak one. I, I won my I wood trophy. Checked. If that counts for anything, Sensor, you got fifth. Uh, post post production. Sensor I, yeah, that from I, sla- I I beat Emily last week and and uh, slam Yasso this week. Ah, free. All right. Well, we're the fourth, fifth. And You're the losers. I think I was like champion. eighth or something. Best fantasy player. So congratulations <laughs> to us. Round of applause, everyone. Fantasy was delightful. All right. Moving on here, we got some anchor questions. This first one comes from Dan Thompson. Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller, love the show. Uh, the last few weeks, we've seen more and more ADCs in mid. My silver tier understanding is that historically, this is because the champ requires levels to be useful, like Corky. Were there changes to cause this to happen, or is this just the classic case of champs being so busted you can play them anywhere? Thanks. So- so correct me if I'm wrong. It's just Lucian and Tristan, Lucian and right? Trist. That's Lucian. That's that's more. Um, I I and I'd say it's a combination. Um, there are two things. When they did the, they gave a, all the eighty carries more um, stats. I, f- I forget how long ago it was uh, the beginning of preseason. I think uh, they did this adjustment where where they got you know more more health uh, base stats and stuff like that, uh, which definitely helped a lot. But I honestly just think that uh, Tristana is uh, over-tuned at the moment. Uh, you can look at on her solo queue win rates in addition to having this high presence in pro. I expect her uh, you know, to get a couple taps with the nerf bat. And Lucian's always been a mid-counter pick into certain matchups. Um, he just does quite yeah. well. And he has a, a caster. Blind. Some teams are doing blind. B-O-B. <clears throat> he's also, I mean, just a caster to the caller's own point about like, hey, I thought you wanted levels on these things. It's like, yeah, Lucian has a lot of abilities that he's very happy to level up quickly, and he's more of an early game champion, so you want power spike fast. Um, Tristana is just insane wave control and pushing and all this stuff on top of just like the scaling. And when, when Trist is, is good, she tends to be good at all stages of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been playing a lot of Tristana. I, I really like that champion, and I was trying to sell it to people a while ago in pro, and people weren't buying, so I'm kind of happy to, to see it come out because I do feel like even when I was in bad matchups mid lane, there are some exceptions, but in, you could just get a bunch of attack speed and just push the wave, Yeah, and you're just farming. It's like, well, it turns out you're really good later too, so it doesn't really matter. You go Zerker Greaves first, and you shove the wave. Go shield bow if it's a really bad matchup. So I, I think it's more about those individual champions. All right, we got the next one here. This one is from, I'm not sure if that's an IL or an II, but Elon Kaplan. Elan. Let's say it's an IL. Hey guys, my name is Elon, big fan of the show. I have a two part question about the development rosters. Uh, some rosters like Dignitas have done really well, and others like Golden Guardians haven't. So the first part is, do you think the position of the veteran players helps the rookie players do better? For example, is leading from jungle and support like Dardoch and Aframu better than from AD carry like Stixay? The second part is, is having too many rookies on the team actually harmful for their growth? Since like Golden Guardians are kind of getting bodied in every game, is it possible that swapping in one more veteran to the roster would help the remaining rookies improve at a faster rate? Thanks so much, guys. Cat for Kobe. 
I like this one. Uh, uh, because of the question, not just because of the shout out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also because, because of the shout out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I would say it it is slightly more beneficial to have um, roles that are traditionally given space in professional team communication early on in the game. And that is traditionally junglers and supports. So I like the call out there. I would not say it precludes, uh, you know, having a really good pro in one of the, uh, you know, our veteran in one of the other roles can still add, um, you know, the the veteran shot calling and the clarification for, you know, dragon setups and and all the little things that, that you might forget as a, you know, as a rookie. Um, I, I do think that it definitely helps though, because communication for pro teams, there's so much stuff you have to actually cut out from comms um, and you do have to kind of focus a little bit more on some roles having more of a voice early on in the game um, which which I think definitely helps it then you have in the problem where like some pros uh, or some veterans just are not you know big communicators as well so yeah I think the on the second part about is it harmful to have too many like just game body in every game I think it can be um, oftentimes you know you'll get your confidence shot you're not necessarily learning things you're just getting hard slammed every game and this isn't necessarily true with golden guardians you know i'm not on the inside so i don't know how it's going but um you know i think there's a number of players who just like take tactical for example and if if he debuted on this golden guardians roster would anyone think that he was a great 80 carry you know if there's just not enough of an opportunity to slam lane phase and then you get into team fights and you're just outscaled in team fights like anyone who's actually even a good player won't even probably look good in an environment where um, you're just losing every single game, even if you are a skilled player. Uh, maybe some some like scouts and coaches and players will be like, oh, this guy's actually pretty good. But fans won't probably pick up on that if you're just losing every game. Uh, do you want a tidbit as well, or do you agree? Sure. Because I feel like the the second the second part is this is so easy. When you're designing experiments, first thing they teach you is control variable is control variables. You don't want to test five things at once. You want to test a couple things at yeah. once and, and keep yeah. And uh, you know so um, yeah, rookies are basically that. Uh, they are they are the, they are the uncontrolled. Yeah, exactly. You know the baseline of a lot of these other players, right? It's the exact same thing when, when I was on playtests, right? If you're trying to test a, a certain champion in a certain role, you try to play standard stuff elsewhere that doesn't just warp the game, right? It's like you're not picking Trinomir top if you're trying to test control mage mid because Trinomir makes the whole game about him. It's the same thing, uh, you know, with these players where, you know, if, if everything's falling apart, it's really hard to tell sometimes you know what what the specific problems are or, or what the individual problems are it's like well did you lose top lane because your jungle lost did you lose jungle because your because your top lane lost well your mid lane also lost was that the reason you know like well your bot lane was bad too so was it because you couldn't this get evelyn a with a 25 stack medjai seems to be an issue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who fed the evelyn right you know it's, it's hard to pinpoint so uh I, I think it's an interesting question uh, i think it depends on the team though because then you also do have other examples and and like rookies right you can have a ton of amateur experience like in, in academy and then it's less of a deal uh golden guardians has two people straight from from collegiate which is basically like you're fresh you are fresh in pro right like you haven't even had the kind of like academy semi-pro whatever you want to call it uh experience whereas like sooning was like basically all rookies you know like you can have teams with with all kinds of young players, um, you know, and maybe a veteran or two, but you can have teams that are successful with like almost all young players, but maybe they had more academy experience or, or maybe they're just, you know, better players. 
Yeah, I was about to throw in like Griffin, Damwon, B5, yep. some of these teams that are, are heavily rookies. A lot of those guys already did cut their teeth, whether it's through their Challenger series, the LDL, whatever it is. Like a lot of them are not fresh, like never seen this guy try and compete at the highest level kind of thing. Um, so, whatever question. Never understood that saying, by the way. Where could teeth? that possibly con- come from? Cutting your teeth? That just sounds. Let's ask Google. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll read the next question while Zara's doing research. <laughs> we, where, where are we at? Uh, oh, was that the last the tw- one? We're on the Twitter oh, question. No, if you're building a super roster, uh, this one comes from Cam Edgecom. Uh, if you're building a super roster in North America to win Worlds, who would your resident players be? How valuable is someone like Jensen compared to Core JJ? Uh, the the easy answer of Doublelift is now gone. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for for who your who your residents are. To win yeah. Worlds, though, for me, Blabber for me is the new easy answer. Oh, that's true. Blabber, Blabber, Jensen is a, is a resident too, right? Doublelift never got out of groups at Worlds. Why are you guys taking him to win Worlds? True. Well, we're not because he's not in the LCS anymore. Yep. I am actually Blabber using Jensen. Blabber, and then I'm going with a bottom lane, and and I boom, I'll just go. Uh, ooh. FBI Huhi. Do I want to split them up? That's what I'm thinking. Do I want to split them up or keep them together for synergy? FBI I keep them together for synergy, um, because even though you like you're saying Jensen is a is a resident, I. And winning worlds, I want rookie. I want you know. Uh, so they did not clarify that our our imports had to be currently in NA. So yeah, give me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. You're just gonna take Chovy. Chovy and just, Nuggery just give me Flaver, uh, Vulcan, FBI, Chovy, and uh, I believe in the shy. He can bounce back, or maybe not. <laughs> You're such a shy. That stand. is a risky one. <laughs> yeah, the shy is trolling hard lately. So. Uh, <laughs> I'll take Nuggery. There you go. That's how we win worlds. Uh, okay, I got the etymology here. Apparently, okay. to cut your teeth, the term alludes to the literal verb to cut teeth, meaning to have your teeth first emerge through a baby's gums, a usage dating from the late 1600s. You know what? That makes more sense. Uh, and there's not a quicker way to say, you know, your teeth coming through your gums as a baby. <laughs> so uh, I'll accept teething. that, I guess. There's a verb, <laughs> teething. Okay, honestly, nope. Yeah, never mind. Uh, well, that's not what it, teething, teething is like to the pain, the pain they're experiencing. That's not like the, the, no, you're going, you're, you're going through. through teething. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's coming from them popping through. Okay. All right, well, maybe it, it makes, sucks, but it's from the 1600s. It makes way more sense now though. Yep, that's a lot of sayings. They're like, this doesn't really hold up at all. When you look at it, it's from the 1600s when people were dumb. There was less of an education. <laughs> Guess what, Mark? People are still dumb today and that'll wrap <laughs> us up for now. That's me right uh, for there. For this week's episode of The Dive. Thank you, Honda, for making this episode possible. And remember, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and especially stuff at the new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash LCS. You can send us your questions on Twitter. You can send us your voice questions on Anchor. You can leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're checking them all out. You might get on the show. The hashtag dive LOL can be used for all that stuff and send us uh, you know, any more comments you have, anything you want to see us do in the show. We're happy to hear Dream about. about us, you know, write in your journal yep. about us, you yep. know, send physical <laughs> mail. Yep. I don't know True. where you'd send it, but 
I don't know either. Uh, roam around fan LA. art, you know, karaoke, uh, cosplay. Be careful what you we, wish for, Kobe. You know, you're, know. you're talking about people can send you their dreams and, you know, and send you physical items and stuff. This is getting dicey. Uh, I don't want to know what you're dreaming about me. I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there. So catch us again Get next a pencil week. from Harry Potter and send it to me. Saturday and Sunday. Playoffs are here. Let's go.